This the remix. Derek Carr has he said for a long time that I'm only going to play for the Raiders. Mm -hmm. It's going to be Raiders or no one else. So that's loyalty. So he was fully invested. Six head coaches. Khalil Mack gets traded. Mark Cooper shipped off. John Gruden gets fired midseason. He's going through all this turmoil, right? He never called out a coach. Never called out the organization. Never called out the top brass in the organization. Never said anything. He was trying to bring people in. He tried to bring in his best friend, which he was successful at, Devontae Adams. That trade was dead. The Packers and the Raiders weren't going to trade, right? Then he got on the phone and made it happen. So he's bringing people in the entire time. Is he appreciated for that? No. No. That conversation about him being retired or a Raider is no longer an option. He's playing football again, right? So he's reinvigorated. He's excited to go out. So the Raiders are going to seek a trade. They're going to bring trades, which Derek has a no-trade clause, and they're going to listen. And he's going to look for teams that have a stable situation between their head coach and their ownership, right? Stable. Pull up your pants, take off the bra, and be a man! Right, he's also going to be looking for a team that is also looking for a quarterback that has a reputation for game-winning drives and fourth-quarter comebacks. I'm excited. Maybe he's the missing piece for someone. We'll see what happens. I'm excited for my brother's future. I'm a little upset, all right? So that happens. It all happened. right, big bro. I had to bend a little bit. Yeah. I had to bend a little bit. That's all. I like it. This is what it's for. It's a safe space. It's a safe David. space. We can say what we want here, right? Let it out. Things got testy. Just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. Spoiler alert. Derek Carr is not the missing piece for a team. Um, is it weird that David Carr is trying to give Derek Carr credit no. for being loyal? No, it, it's not weird. Anytime okay, the brothers okay. go out, for, on... forget about it being David Carr being a weirdo. Just is it weird that we should be giving that he thinks we should be giving Carr credit for being loyal to the Raiders? Hey, he never cashed any of those paychecks. Yeah, like he like David Carr is like, oh, he said he'd rather retire than play for another team. That's loyalty. And oh, then well, obviously and then, it's not. And then 15 seconds later, oh, he's not going to retire. He's going right. to play for somebody for another team. So he was loyal until the team until things got hard. Until until they moved on from him. Yeah, that's not. That's, but that's the brothers. Don't play the David Carr sound unless you want me to just yell. That's about the brothers. David Carr. So maybe do play the David Carr sound because he's not even the insane one. Darren the, Carr's the insane. Darren one. is the one off kilter. <laughs> so I'm not going to say who, but there were reports coming out of the uh, press box during the last game where media members were like, hey, I finally could just block these doofuses and my life will be easier. <laughs> aren't they all, aren't everybody already blocked by David and Darren Carr that's ever even like tweeted Derek Carr through an interception? Right, but now they, because they won't have, they're like, no, no. Now that I'm not talking about your brother, you can't come back. I'm preemptively blocking you. Oh, man. Did you see, I don't know if it actually came out. David Carr and Darren Carr were going to go on a podcast together. Yeah, that is the, I think it's... The nephews? The nephews. And I, that was the that's, funniest detail I've ever heard. That's the nephews. Derek has gone on that uh, right. podcast to, quote-unquote, break news or talk about stuff he doesn't talk about with the media. So there's there's going to be a podcast, maybe it's already been recorded, where David Carr and Darren Carr talk to their nephew, another Carr... Yes. About what happened yes. with well, wait, Derek Carr. Wait, it's got to be one of their sons. Is there a fourth car, brother? That's a good point. It has to be <laughs> one of their sons, unless there is a fourth car sibling. I'm on it. You're telling me there's going to be a podcast with three cars related to yes. Derek Carr, and they're going to tell the truth about what and happened. Derek Carr, I don't think, is going to be involved. He's not going to be he involved. He hasn't said anything to this point. Genuine question. Your brother is on NFL Network. He has a career as an NFL analyst, as basically. An analyst. 
If you're Derek Carr, are you asking your brothers to shut up? He oh, hasn't yet. No, he has, he, Jared makes a good point. He's never, obviously, he's never asked them because they've continued to do this the entire time he's with the Raiders, whether it's tweeting, whether it's David Carr saying he's going to be the MVP um, and going on and, and hyping up his brother. I don't think he's ever asked them to be quiet, to be honest with you. I Would, think he's fine. I mean, he look, we've always said this, that he's, you know, you read between the lines on him and everything he said, he's in, insecure. And they do nothing but pump them up. So to me, if you're insecure and you've got two guys out there pumping you up on Twitter and, you know, an NFL network, I'm not going to tell them to stop. I'm going to say, great. They're saying how great I am. Would you tell them to stop? I might tell Darren. (laughs) (laughs) I might tell Darren to stop tweeting. It's just, it's, it's a bizarre situation. And I, uh, Wish luck to whatever city media members have to deal with Derek Carr and his brothers next year. Derek Carr's not bad. Deal with the brothers. No, Derek it's Carr the brothers next year. It's not, Derek's not Derek that Carr's bad. mostly fine. Yeah, he'll he'll take some shots every now and then. But hell, he he blocks Josh Dubow on Twitter and then like gives him a hug the next yeah. time he sees him at a press. Oh, conference. he takes a sh- he takes a shot in a um, news conference uh, to Paul. And then is very nice to Paul yeah. and, you know, calls him by his name and, you know, and, and does stuff like that. So who knows? Right. It's just, I just feel like he'd be like, ah, let's let's calm down there. What do you make of uh, Derek Carr unfollowing the Raiders on Twitter and Instagram? I'm not surprised at that. God, I'm, I'm not surprised at that. Are you? Based on Kyler no. Murray, that means he's got a big contract coming That's in. Right. <laughs> he's about to get a whole bunch of money. I, I love and hate the whole social yeah, media I reporting just... because it's it's stupid, but it's also not so phenomenally stupid that I love it and usually actually kind of mean something like obviously we already know Derek Carr and the Raiders had a public divorce but like if Carr was had not been publicly benched and all of a sudden oh Carr unfollowed the Raiders on Twitter and Instagram well that'd be such a dumb story that I'd love every second of it and we would have talked about it for an entire day wouldn't that be bigger news Right, because you'd be like, oh, what's happening? Yeah, there? why is he doing it's, that? It's exactly like Jared said. Exactly what happened with Kyler Murray was like, I deleted all his references yeah. to the Arizona Cardinals. He's not happy, and then oh, he got a new deal, so he's happy now. I just I love it because the other fun social media reporting is from Adam Hill of the Review Journal on the Golden Knights because Logan Thompson deleted his Twitter account. Now Logan Thompson will respond to media members who tweet about him. Logan Thompson retweeted media members who sent out that tweet where Bruce Cassidy said, you got to have one more save from your goalie after a game they lost in which Logan Thompson started. He deleted his Twitter account, um, was an act, very active Twitter user. So Adam Hill talked to Logan Thompson, wrote a story, got some quotes from Logan Thompson that I thought were fascinating. I'll read some of them here. Logan Thompson said, it's just smart to get off it. I'm a fiery person. You look at the first year I had and how much love you get and you appreciate it. But then you come back the second year and things don't always go your way, even though you're still a winning team. The amount of DMs and outrageous things athletes get sent to them that we can't even show to the public. It's just better to get off it. It's just a sport. It's not worth the mental anguish. Why do you have your DMs open? What are people saying to Logan Thompson? Yeah, I mean, why are you accepting them? Well, because he wants to read it. Right. So well, it used to be people were DMing and be like, man, you're such an inspiration. Right. <laughs> now he's people are nice DMing. Things. Well, now he's getting bad things. So 
I guess he deleted his Twitter account, so he doesn't get them anymore. But yeah, I just, I mean, I don't know why you listen to this stuff, um, but we all do. We're all human. Everyone, you know, no matter what anyone says, when people talk bad about you, it affects you in some level. I don't care who you are. It just does. And it affected him to where he talked about his mental health. And it what? was probably better that he did get off it. Well, here, it's affecting him. Here's the best part. That's not even the best quote from Logan Thompson. He also said, obviously, in the back of your mind, if you have a great game, you want to download the app again and look at it. So Logan Thompson has a good game, and he wants to get back on Twitter to, A, see the nice things people say about him, but also probably to talk a bunch of crap to people on Twitter. Mostly media members. It's phenomenal. And then he also said this was his best quote. As a goalie, people love you one day and then absolutely hate you the next. You just have to enjoy the moment. I know eventually everyone is going to turn on me. Jesus, so I'm man. going to enjoy it until I get moved out of town. <laughs> what? <laughs> he said that out loud that everybody's going to hate me eventually? Until they move me until out. Until I they get trade shipped me or out. Get, 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 yeah, shipped out. Logan wait, wait. Thompson's the best. Was he part of the team during the like the first year of Leonard? <laughs> It's so he was no, watching. He was in the AHL. Yeah, he was down. He oh, was, down. down. He was down. You were yes. our AHL correspondent on this Logan <laughs> Thompson guy's really good. And so, yeah, he was probably watching it going, oh, is that how goalies, <laughs> is that how they treat goalies at the next level? This guy's phenomenal. How many athletes would say, A, I want to get back on Twitter to read the nice things about me, and then B, Eventually, everyone's going to hate me, and I'm going to get shipped out of town. Those are incredible quotes from a guy who's a member of the team. Well, at least he knows what team he's on, where he's like, yeah, they're, they'll move me. They have no, they have no loyalty. He, he follows media members, I think, closer than anyone, any athlete I've been around. And, and sometimes, here's the thing, sometimes he'll get mad at I very— mean, We just like, talked about Derek Carr. It's true. <laughs> he blocks Very innocuous well. things, like, you know— Bruce Cassidy's quote or, you know, in the middle of a game, they'll tweet, you know, all the beat writers tweet, hey, it was a soft goal or whatever. And not like huge criticism. Not you know, Logan the, Thompson should be yeah, off, should be shipped out of town. And he gets mad at that. He, he, the Adam did a great job here and it came after a loss that he had. And there was a media member who had tweeted something, not again, not huge, just, you know, he should have made that save. I mean, just something you know, very simple. Something like that. that gets said a hundred times yes, every exactly. game, basically. He read that, and there was this emotional response from him in the locker room tour. They had to say, you should probably go now. Because the media members were over-talking to someone else. They were in a scrum. He's scrolling through Twitter. He notices it and starts getting pissed off, like, you know, banging his hand and doing all this stuff. And like, oh, you got to leave. It's like, And then someone, someone realized what he was mad at, and they're like, my God, that's all it was. I, I mean, it was love crazy. Logan Thompson now. Favorite player on the team now. This is phenomenal. He's great. I need like, I need an up and down season where he's mostly good, but every now and then just awful game, just terrible, brutal. Everything. He deletes bad. Twitter like oh. thirteen times during the year, and then he comes back. This to is it. great. I love this guy so much, and he's willing to say it all too. I yeah. this guy's phenomenal. He's great, and like Jared said. He knows what team he's on. He's going to get shipped out of town eventually. Exactly. <laughs> I trade everybody. So Logan Thompson, see you later at some point. God, he's great. Because here, the other thing about Logan Thompson that I'm, I'm really curious about the 
the amount of DMs and outrageous things that I get sent to me that he said. What are people saying to Logan Thompson this year? You're not flurry. Like he like we listen, we've talked about the goalie position and how it's a potential weakness for the Golden Knights potential. because because Robin Leonard's out for the year, Logan Thompson right. had played what was it 18 games right. before this season. And we've still and listen, we've still talked about maybe in the future they might have a goaltending problem. Maybe they need to do something at the deadline whatever. But for the most part this season, Logan Thompson has exceeded expectations. Logan Thompson has been a good yes. goalie this year. Logan Thompson has been good enough that he's in the running for the Calder for Rookie Absolutely. of the Year. That uh, What was that stat I gave you last week about Pacific goalies that Logan Thompson has the second best goal saved above average in the division? Now, it was more about the division being horrible, but he's been a good goalie this year. I can't... Have there really been a significant number of Golden Knights fans? Oh, after any loss, you're going to get some really? loons. Oh, I think you're going to get loons when it comes to that team. I'm not going to tell you who she is, but so my parents have a neighbor, and we genuinely every time the this Golden... is either going to be the best or the worst story we've ever heard. <laughs> my parents have a neighbor. All right, continue. We can. We don't have to watch the Golden Knights games because we can we can tell based on whether she's screaming in obscenity or screaming in happiness which team has scored and we can keep track of that through two like through two walls and a privacy fence and she has multiple times said I can't believe what they did to Flurry so if Logan if she had Twitter and Logan Thompson gave up a goal the literal DM would be, you're not flurry. So here's a question. What is Logan Thompson's burner account named? Well, he's got one. Has to. He I've has never to been one. more confident in something in my life than Logan Thompson has a burner account after deleting his Twitter. Has he come back? Let's see. No way he's come back. He just deleted it like a week ago. Well, if he's already back, that's the that's the least uh, yeah, mental I'm, will I've ever seen. I've tried to go 30 days without Twitter. <laughs> I outlast Logan Thompson. We we he definitely needs to go talk to someone. No, it doesn't appear that he's okay. Bad. Doesn't yeah. appear that he's bad. But he's got a hundred percent. He's got a burner account. I want to know if it's like VGK goalies are great. Seven one seven six four three. Oh no! It it might be Logan Thompson sucks or something. Like yeah. He might go opposite of it just so people can't can't figure out it's him. Oh. Well, even I, as Logan Thompson sucks, <laughs> thanks for Logan Thompson did a good job, man. It's his own burner account sending him DMs about how much he sucks. By the way, if you're Logan Thompson's friend, don't you don't play for the Golden Knights. You're just his friend from whatever. You're 100% sending him DMs from burner accounts, right? You're 100% making burner accounts and trash talking him in his DMs. I mean, I would just straight up do. <laughs> that's what I'd be doing. I mean, he deleted his Twitter, but that's what I'd be doing. If I was like, if my, if I had a friend who was like publicly saying, "Oh, I get all these DMs from people," I'd a hundred percent be making burner accounts to DM him stuff every so, single game. So, like, he you... has a shutout, and I'm like, "Oh, only twenty six saves in the shutout. You couldn't make thirty six. A hundred percent. That's what I'd be doing. All right. Coming up next, what Tyler just admitted to was, if you had a friend who's like, "Hey, I, I get mentally anguished yes, from exactly. this," exactly, he's this like, hurts. "Double down, a hundred percent." Coming up next, it's Bischoff's briefs. Bischoff's briefs. I'm afraid we need to use math. 
Bischoff's briefs. I knew I should have checked your showboating globetrotter algebra. Bischoff's briefs. Man, I thought you knew that algebra was all razzmatazz. Bischoff's briefs. Yes, I see. Something involving that many big words could easily destabilize time itself. All right, Bischoff's briefs today. We're about to go off the deep end. Before we get into that, Mike Romal is going to join us in about 10 minutes, and we are going to have Golden Knights tickets to give away in about 20 minutes. All right, Bischoff's briefs today. Here we go. U.S. soccer is investigating inappropriate behavior towards the U.S. men's national team staff members by outside individuals. So to run through exactly what happened here, U.S. soccer apparently opened an investigation a couple of weeks ago into Greg Berhalter, the manager of the team. U.S. soccer has not said what that investigation was about. However, Greg Berhalter put out a statement saying that someone told U.S. soccer they had information that would, quote, take him down. Burhalter, in his statement, admitted to kicking his now wife, Rosalind, when he was 18 years old. Burhalter is 49, by the way. This happened in 1991. Um, the story, basically, they were at a bar, outside a bar, and he kicked her. She uh, d- dumped, broke up with him, got away from him, whatever. Uh, Greg Burhalter says that he told his entire family and eventually they got back together. They're married. They have multiple children together, and that happened in 1991. Charges were never filed against Greg Berhalter either. So the insinuation here, based on Greg Berhalter's statement and based on U.S. soccer statement, is that someone during the World Cup was trying to blackmail Greg Berhalter by threatening to make this information public. This 1991 incident? Right. In a way to get Burhalter fired or whatever. Reprimanded or whatever. Removed from the World Cup. Um, that's the insinuation from Greg Burhalter and U.S. soccer. There have been a lot of people tweeting uh, that cover soccer that say that they think a lot more information is going to come out today about this. Uh, first off, from the soccer side of this, the United States is going to have a camp in January where players, if there's an international break, players come in and they practice. Um, Roger Bennett, who covers soccer, he reported yesterday that the expectation is an assistant is going to be in charge of that um, and that Greg Berhalter could still end up as the coach of the U.S. men's national team. Other detail here, his contract ended at the end of the year. His contract was only through this year. They haven't actually come to an agreement on if he's going to be the coach for the next four years or if they're going to go somewhere else. So there's going to be a camp. There's going to be an assistant coach in charge, most likely. But here's the extra drama of this story. And there is absolutely no confirmation of this. This is largely people speculating on Twitter. Greg Berhalter's wife went to North Carolina. One of her teammates is the mother of Gio Reyna. If you recall, during the World Cup, Gio Reyna was nearly sent home because he was not trying very hard in practice 
And that was because he didn't think he was going to play as much as he thought he deserved to play. So there is potential here that Gio Reyna's parents knew about Greg Berhalter kicking his now wife back in 1991. And their son was not getting to play as much as they thought he should in the World Cup and threatened to blackmail Greg Berhalter in the United States soccer. Again, that is people speculating on Twitter. I'm probably being irresponsible saying that on the radio right now. Yeah, we need we almost need like a warning. Like <laughs> from here on out, our credibility is not at stake. Right. But that's the potential of what happened for the United States during the World Cup, which is one of the most insane things I've ever heard. I mean, what the f- 1991? Right. And he told his family, and they got back together and eventually married and have children? Yep. This is this is the bombshell? That was the attempt. At, again, that is what we are taking from Burhalter and U.S. soccer statements, that somebody was going so to try to flatten out ahead of, They're getting out ahead of it. Burhalter hey, absolutely is, yeah. He's getting out ahead and saying, this is what this is about. Right. And this is what happened. And now he's given a lot more. U.S. soccer just put out a statement saying, we started investigating Greg Burhalter after these claims were made. They get, they were like, Greg and his wife have both been fully compliant, whatever. But in the uh, during that investigation, we found more inappropriate behavior directed towards our staff from individuals outside the organization. So they're now investigating beyond that. Okay, to see so there's essentially more to this in terms of the accusations. Right. They're basically saying there's more inappropriate behaviors, more blackmail, I don't know what it is, from people outside the team the and team the staff and the towards the staff. And the link that people have made on Twitter, and again, rumor on Twitter, probably irresponsible to say, but it is possible that Gio Reyna's parents were upset with how much Gio Reyna was playing and tried to blackmail the coach of the oh team. God. That's insane. It is an unbelievable story. Incredible story. If that's where it came from. And here's the other part. If you, I, I'm sure there are other people who don't like Greg Burr. A lot of people want a Greg Burr fired, whatever. Who else or why else would somebody have been motivated to blackmail Greg Burr during the World Cup? I can't think of it. Like that, like that's the insane part of it is if if everything Burhalter is saying is true, that yes, like this incident happened in ninety one and somebody knew about it and somebody was trying to blackmail me with it, right? During the World Cup, even if you were like, let's just say you were a random US soccer fan that for whatever reason knew didn't about like this, it and didn't like it. And him. you wanted Greg Burhalter fired. Right. Would you really wait until the World Cup? I don't no, no I can't even you, believe you're saying who would do it outside these other people, um, Raina's parents. I can't even believe Raina's parents are doing it. I can't either. If they do, oh, man. That's that's one of those, Mom, I asked you not to help. <laughs> <laughs> that's Derek Carr with the brothers. It's an absolutely insane story if that's what happens. I'm curious if we actually get more details here. Because if you're, if you're U.S. soccer, hell, even if you're Greg Burhalter. I don't, I don't think you want it out there that the parents of a player you were coaching tried to blackmail you. Right. Because like, we talked about this during the World Cup when Gio Reyna wasn't playing very much. And, and, and then afterwards when the reports came out that he wasn't happy and he almost got sent home. 
Gio Reyna's got a chance to be one of the best players on, for this country for the next like three World Cup right. cycles. Like he's he's what is he nineteen? Yeah, why would you now? put your kid in somewhat jeopardy by being the ones to bring this forward and then everyone finding out? Because the scenario, it, like if we assume it's true about Gio Reyna's parents doing this, if Greg Berhalter's the manager of this team for the next World Cup, there's like a zero point one percent chance Gio Reyna's on that roster right. now. Like, maybe it's a little higher than that because maybe they can separate and be like, well, the parents did that, not Gio Reyna, whatever. But, like, if Greg Berhalter's the manager of this team, this would this would have nuked Gio Reyna's chances to be on the team next, mm. next World Cup. I mean, he might still I, be there. I, I don't know. I think, I think your point of the kid could say, and even the parents could say, he had nothing to do with this. Now, if Greg Berhalter's not the next manager, then... Those oh, feelings aren't as personal. No, exactly. I still, as a manager, might be like, so well, your I'd parents be, did what I'd to the last little, guy? I'd be a little worried to the last guy with the parents. <laughs> like, so I got to play you every minute of every game. <laughs> or your parents are digging through my they're past. Gonna go, exactly. I'm going to say they're going to get a PI <laughs> and find out everything I've done in my life. Is so it, I, I will say, is it a kind of impressive to anyone else that for Burl, they had to go all the way back to 91 to find like the, the last, like he... Right, you're basically like saying for the last 30 years. Great think, guy. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. So there's your U.S. soccer drama. We'll see if anything more more details come out of that today. I'm curious if we actually get significant details from it, or maybe I should say more specific details other than, hey, blackmail happened. Uh, but there's your drama for U.S. soccer well after the World Cup's been over. I'm secretly and weirdly wanting to know more about this. It's I want this more, is I the want, most interested in in soccer I've been in a I very mean, long want, time. I want more to come out to yeah. like today. It's blackmailing a coach yeah. and potentially a parent. Uh, like, imagine if that happened to like the Raiders or something. Like Derek Carr's brothers were blackmailing Josh, Josh McDaniels. McDaniels from, like, from, it's one thing to be on NFL Network and be like, ah, my brother got screwed there. But if they were like Josh. I know Back what you in did. 1992. Right. I know what you did 30 years ago <laughs> when you were four. Wait, that was... is that what? Is that how the emails got leaked with Gruden? <laughs> Might be. Coming up next, Mike Ravala joins the show. But the Bucks come away with it. Giannis splits a pair of defenders and lays it in with a foul. He's not done yet. The Greek freak has 52 with another one on the house coming. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. Joining us now from the Las Vegas Sun is Mike Ramala. Good morning, Mike. Hey, buddy. Hey, guys. Uh, so here's a question right off the bat for you. What's wrong with Keyshawn Gilbert? Uh, I don't know. I'm If pressed, um, I would say he's a sophomore. This is a, you know his breakout season. Um, it's not going to be Lanier all the way through. So at some point there was going to be a little bit of a, a slip or a break in his production, and maybe this is it. Maybe um, you know changing gears from non-conference to, to Mountain West opponents, and um, it's you know two bad games in a row. Uh, it, maybe this is just one of those normal blips that comes with progressing from a, a role player, which he was last year, to now being a good young player. It's not going to be all aces from here on out. That's pretty much what Luis Rodriguez said after the game when we asked him about Keyshawn. He said, you know, he's a good player, but he's young, and, you know, not every game is going to be great, so he's going to have to to keep working through it. So I think that's probably the most likely answer. You already seen signs that uh, 
the non-conference was a little easier than we thought, and they're going to run into some trouble here? Uh, I mean, well, we always thought it was a pretty easy schedule. Um, I thought that what mostly what you, they were being judged on were, you know, the you know taking care of business, beating the teams they should be, but doing it, you know, the in a certain style. They were getting style points, not for blowing teams out, but just for um, playing a consistent style that we thought would might carry over to Mountain West play. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely think that the Mountain West is going to be more of a challenge than I thought. I know Kevin Kruger has said all along that when he watches the teams this year, he thinks the league is as good as it's, as it's been. Um, I was a little skeptical of that, but you know, after seeing San Jose State in person, they look better than I expected. You see these other teams that are having good runs. Uh, yeah, I think the league is probably going to be tougher than uh, maybe we thought when it looked like UNLV. You know, when they were ten and zero, and it looked like they were going to be gunning for an at-large bid. I don't, I don't know if they're going to be able to rack up enough wins in order to make that happen. But yeah, the league looking tougher than we thought. So on the idea of how many conference wins they get is, is 10 and eight going to be the ceiling for this team or, or can they actually somehow be better than that? I wouldn't say 10 is the ceiling. I mean, that San Jose state game hurts because that's, that's a game that for years has just been an automatic win, even for UNLV, which is UNLV has not been great, but they've been miles better than San Jose. So if that's not a guaranteed win, and in fact, we know now it's that it's a guaranteed loss because they've already lost it. That hurts your, your, projected win total. I don't think 10 is the ceiling. I would still have them, you know, if they get healthy, they could still win 11, 12, who knows how many games. Um, the league is tough. I don't think the league is, I think the league is a high floor, low ceiling kind of league. I don't think there's any dominant teams, um, but there's fewer bad teams than we probably uh, projected. Uh, going back to Gilbert, if Gilbert is this way, and we saw Harkless the other day, I didn't think he played very well. They have Luis Rodriguez. If if those one or two aren't getting it done, how how can they win games? They can't. They 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 cannot <laughs> win games unless those unless they get offense from those guys. I mean that's I'm not uh, making a, a flip remark. It's just they they don't get offense from anywhere else. They don't really have offensive players uh, uh, elsewhere throughout the the rotation. So it's Harkless and Gilbert and you know Rodriguez. Now those guys have got to combine for their whatever their average points are. They they can't really miss it um, because there's no one else that's going to really step up and, and fill that void. Like if Keyshawn Gilbert, you know, if he's averaging 14, but he only gives you four one night, it's tough to expect Jordan McCabe to give you 10 extra points or Keyshawn Hall to come off the bench and give you 10 extra. Like if they don't have guys that are going to fill in the gaps like that. Um, so, yeah, the guys that are their leaders offensively need to lead every night or you're going to see slip-ups like we've seen the last two games. Is it surprising that Keyshawn Gilbert last game kind of disappeared? Like he didn't, it's not like, oh, he missed a bunch of shots. He didn't even take a bunch of shots. Cause to compare to EJ Harkless, whose efficiency has dropped off a lot, he still took 19 shots last game, but Keyshawn Gilbert, like he dis like he wasn't even a part of the offense. Is Is it as simple as, Hey, just be Keyshawn Gilbert and take some shots. I think he was really frustrated. Um, is one, he was coming off that the game at San Jose State where he didn't start because of his travel issues, and then he, he struggled throughout that game. So then coming into San Diego State, you're hoping for a bounce back. I'm sure he was as well. And then what really happened to him was turnovers. He committed six turnovers, and he was really struggling in that regard, 0-4 from the field. And I think he just got frustrated, and it sort of impacted the way he was playing, which is pretty much what Kruger said after the game was, you know, because he took Gilbert out down the stretch and played McCabe over him in the crucial minutes of that game. And Kruger said, um, 
you know, I just thought he was pressing. So, yeah, it's a player. He was hoping for a bounce back, and it didn't happen. And now we're going to have to see how he handles it from now, uh, this point going forward, because they need him. They can't have him go into a shell. He's got to come back against New Mexico at the pit and put up 16, 20 points, and he's got to do it efficiently because they need him to do that. They're, they're relying on him now. So um, that's sort of the responsibility that comes with being, you know, one of the best players. How much are they missing Parquet? A lot, a lot. I think you see it most in um, late in games with the, the fatigue level. That's something that really, really shocked me at San Jose State was how tired UNLV looked down the stretch. Um, it's a team that really only goes nine deep or eight deep on most nights. And then Parquet went down, and Kruger hasn't added to the rotation. He has just, instead of going, you know, adding Shane Noel or Keyshawn Hall or someone else to the rotation, he has just kept playing the guys that were already playing. He's just stretching out their minutes. And you saw against San Jose State, E.J. Harkless was just dead down the stretch. He missed, you know, I think his last four shots and their air balls, and he's just dead tired. And I think that goes for a lot of guys on the team who are playing more than they were used to. So... They're trying to patch it together um, until Parquet comes back. I don't think they have confidence in the, the rest of the guys. Those guys that I mentioned that are outside the rotation, It would one guy who could help is Jackie Johnson, um, who hasn't shot the ball well, hasn't been the offensive uh, spark that uh, they were hoping for. But if he finds his rhythm, maybe he could take take some of that, uh, fill some of that void in terms of playing time. But, yeah, they, they're missing him. I think mostly just conditioning and fatigue. They have not been a good rebounding team this season. I know Kevin Kruger said uh, before the San Diego State game that he didn't want to play two bigs. At the same time, San Diego State picked on their um, constant switching where they would switch their centers and Matt Bradley would take him one-on-one. Does Kevin Kruger need to change his lineup to two bigs or maybe no bigs, or does he need to change something defensively despite how good they've been for the majority of the season there? I don't think one. I don't think they. I don't think they have to. I don't think defense is what killed them so much against San Diego State. You know, that's a team that's made a lot of threes. I thought they were okay against San Jose State. I, in the, but the bigger factor is I don't think they can change their defense because this is what they've played all. This is what they spent the entire offseason installing. This is what they're committed to. This is the identity of the entire program now is we're going to play a bunch of quick guys who swarm the ball, harass your ball handlers, force turnovers. That's what we are as a team. That is the first trait we look for when we recruit guys. That's the first thing we coach. That's the first thing we teach. Like, they are leaning so hard into this that it's hard. You can't go in midseason because you lost two games and then suddenly say, oh, never mind that. We're going to throw that out. We're going to play two big men. We're going to sit back. We're going to just, like, let – we're going to try and funnel ball handlers to the paint and block shots. Like, that's just not what they're – that's – that's not the team they are. So I don't, I don't think they can do that. Now you may see them throw it out for uh, a minute here or a minute there um, situationally just to grab a rebound, you know, in a, a defensive possession when they're going offense defense. But uh, I don't think they can change lanes at this point in the season. Has Barry Odom lost enough in the transfer portal to make you worried about that first year? Uh, not yet. I mean, uh, there's – Still plenty of guys in the portal that he can recruit to, to fill those spots. Um, no superstars have left yet that, you know, that aren't, that are irreplaceable. So, no, I don't think so. Probably half of those guys that left were guys that he was looking to recruit over anyways. Uh, I think it's way too early in the offseason for anyone to get worried about uh, what UNLV is losing.
Where are you right now? I'm at the Mendenhall Center on the UNLV campus. Oh, look at you doing your job. Look at Mike Grinding, It's grinding away, man. Okay, important question before we let you go. What time did you go to bed on New Year's Eve? I went about 9.30. Did you watch stayed, the ball drop in for, Eastern time? That was my plan, um, and then I kind of forgot it was on. <laughs> and then I, <laughs> then, I, then I heard some fireworks going off. Some people were setting up fireworks in Henderson at 9 p.m., so they're celebrating East Coast New Year's, so that reminded me. I put it on for a minute, and I watched it on TV. Um, luckily, my dog is not affected by fireworks. He doesn't really oh, notice oh, them. Lucky. So, so lucky. Yeah, Very fortunate. So, once that wrapped up, it was like, all right, let's wrap it up. <laughs> let's wrap it up. Oh, 9.30. <laughs> I am glad you forgot about the ball dropping. Uh, he's Mike Gravala from the Las Vegas Sun. As always, Mike, thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, guys. He's the best. He forgot about it. I get, To be fair, I'm pretty sure he was watching the um, playoff game. Right, because yeah. that was going on yeah. when East, what Eastern and Central Time went to yes. midnight. I did Ohio State missed the kick right at Central Time yes. midnight, I believe. Yeah, because we played the one the yes the the, the happy, <laughs> happy New Year. New Year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could have been watching that and forgotten about watching the ball drop. I, I asked him at that drop. the San Diego State game. I believe will you stay up? And he said no, and I said no, I won't either. I what won't time either. did you go to bed? I was asleep by 11. Oh, Jared? Um, I, I think that was one of those nights where I couldn't sleep, but I was in bed by like 11.30. Oh, I'm the only one that stayed up past midnight. You saw it? I feel young now. Danny? Danny raised his hand. Danny You're not on a mic, up. Danny. Don't say anything. No, we're, we're going, going to, break. to break. We're going to break, <laughs> Danny. Coming up next. Oh, wait, we've got tickets to give away. Yes. Golden Knights tickets. They're playing the Edmonton Oilers later this month on January 14th. 702-364-1100. That's the phone number. You can win a pair of tickets right now to go see the Oilers take on the Golden Knights. What do you got, Jared? No, I was joking. We say take caller number one. Caller number one. You're going to go to the Golden Knights and Oilers. Wow, the World Championship Final. Michael Van Gerwen is on a main data. And the World Final just misses double 12. Over to you, Michael Smith. One man misses. Does the other man get? You're locked in the press box. That was sound from the greatest sporting event in the world. That is the World Championships of Darts. Ah. Happen, happened yesterday. And in the final, two guys named Michael, by the way, going against each other. Um, so in, in darts, you uh, count down from 501. Mm-hmm. And the first person to get to zero, and you have to get exactly to zero, and your last shot has to be a double something, uh, wins the leg. And I think they play best of uh, 11 or 13 or something like that in the, you know, head to head. And what you just heard was two players in the final going against each other. The fastest you can get from 501 to zero is nine darts. And what you just heard was the first player shooting had a chance with his last three darts to win it in nine darts. He missed his final shot. 
the player behind him also had a chance to win it nine darts and he nailed all three of his shots, which getting anything and even at the professional level, nine darts to win a fight from five Oh one to zero is incredible for both players to have a chance one to fail and the other one to come through and get it is phenomenal. And the crowd is, is so ridiculous for darts. It's like, I don't know that here we wouldn't expect, Oh, there's a great crowd for darts. They're phenomenal in the UK. Yeah. It's in the UK. I'm, I have to assume drinking isn't not just allowed, but encouraged. So, so I actually read, um, uh, yes, they're probably all wasted. Th- that whatever the league is or association actually banned alcohol from being at the tables that everybody's sitting at right behind the players. So like the players are on, you know, it's it's just like a platform, basically. It's like a stage. And then there's just a bunch of tables that people are sitting at dressed up in costumes. It's great. They apparently banned alcohol being at the actual tables. Now you can still go and drink, but you just can't bring it apparently back to your table to watch. So down in one. Yeah, yeah. basically is what you did. Play play it again. It's such it's such great audio. The 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 color announcer, whatever you call him in darts, oh, he's loving every second of this. Wow, the world championship final. Michael Van Gerwen is on a nine darter in the world final and just misses double twelve. Over to you, Michael Smith. One man misses. Does the other man get? I've never seen the like. Come on, Spotty Boy. Yes, double twelve. <laughs> He's just yelling, I cannot speak while speaking. speaking. And that's like his yeah. job. You're, you're here to speak. It. I've never wanted to go to a sporting event that I have like no association towards. They don't have any idea who those two guys are more than I wanted to be at that one. That Degenerate, would you bet on darts? No. Oh, I'm no. betting on that. Oh, yeah, I mean, just, bet, just bet on a guy named Michael. If I was at the event, I would 100% oh, bet yeah. on yes. it. Yes, you'd, have, I was you'd have to have some action But on if it. I didn't know anything about it and I was just watching it at home on uh, presumably my phone, I, I doubt it's on TV and no. it's on one of those obscure channels. ESPN2. <laughs> uh, Could I, be they need I probably wouldn't. But, that or Cornhole. But, oh, I used to watch Cornhole National Championships a lot. Especially oh, when I worked at the bar. When I worked at the bar, they were always on. Oh, yeah, it was good times. ESPN needs that programming. Have you been on Cornhole before? No, I haven't. Okay. Are you going too soon? If I can get to know the guys a little better, maybe. You'd bet it? Maybe. If it was offered. I don't know if it's offered. I know that slap fighting will be offered. That will be. And I'm pretty sure they (laughs) pre-tape. So that won't be a problem at all. Was Dana White just giving a slap fight preview? Is that what he was doing over the weekend? Oof. Oof. <laughs> the Las Vegas Review <laughs> Journal. Well, they'll probably do that from what performance center. I think they already did it. Like I think um, was that already pre-taped? It was all pre-taped. So now they're going to slowly release it, but you're allowed to bet on it. If uh, I understand, then, if it's pre-taped, you can't bet on it. Okay. Well, then um, maybe I'm wrong. Danny, before you start trying to bet on cornhole, were you here the day that we talked about the cornhole cheating? 
Yes. Yeah. So the bags are like too thin or, yeah, or too yeah, yeah. heavy or too small. Because that was also the same time we were talking about the fishing cheating. Yes. And the chess cheating. Yep. Very great cheating stories across Phenomenal. the best sports in the world. Um, so if you're going to bet on corn, I'll be careful. Oh, no, you got to really dig into who's been the yeah. best cheaters. No, I got to I got to look at their regional tour. I got to look at what they do in their hometowns. I got to figure out hometowns. how they play. You got to get on the cornhole message boards I gotta, to find out I gotta who's see, rumored to be cheating. I got to see the way that they spin the bags in their it's hand important. before they yeah. throw them. It, it all factors in. It's important. It is important. Um, I can't wait to find out the darts cheating scandal. What would oh. you even? What would you even do? Your darts to you wrong wait, weight? Yeah, you make them heavier in the back yeah. end. I I will say that um, sort of like the fishing. One of my favorite stories is they the somebody had to go to the Parliament of England to get them to unban darts by showing them no, it's a game of skill. It's not a game of chance. <laughs> Because if it was a game of chance, they considered it People gambling. thought darts was a game of chance? Yes. And this guy basically had to go, where do you want me to hit it? Did you? Did they think that you like threw a blindfold? No, they thought you just threw it and it just landed wherever. And this guy had to go. Oh, like he didn't He didn't need to. Yeah. And he was like, throwing it. tell me where you want it to go. I'll put it there. That's one of the dumbest arguments I've ever heard. Yeah. That's why they, I, I'm not saying <laughs> it was good. How could you ever think darts was a game of chance? You can very, very clearly aim things. Well, apparently they, those with the members of parliament, weren't playing a lot of darts. <laughs> apparently not. <laughs> Great sport. I don't know what I need to do to be there, but I want to be at that event. I want that guy to come and be on TV. Oh, here. he's great here.